Hello and welcome to the eTalking podcast from Motion E. I'm Stuart Garlick and Motion E is the place to come for informed content on Formula E and electric vehicles. You can find it on motione.org. You can also find more content on Motion E's Patreon uh, by going to patreon.com and searching for Motion E. And uh, there I put the um, audio for the podcast before it goes online. I put um, audio from interviews after they're done. And I put a weekly newsletter, the first of which I sent out this week. Um, because after the Formula E season has finished, uh, Motion E will continue producing content. And uh, we're going to be focusing on electric vehicles we're going to be focusing on other forms of electric racing and it's going to be a lot of fun and i promise you something you will enjoy reading so for a dollar a month or anything you want to donate you can be involved in that go and take a look if you like anyway with no further ado we have a podcast this time with simona de silvestro she is the official reserve and test driver for Porsche Formula E team and uh, she's also on the driver's program list for Extreme E so uh, she stands a strong chance of being one of the drivers who will go through to the first ever electric powered off-road series when it begins in January 2021. Stay tuned to the Talking Podcast and to MotionE.org for plenty more content during the next two weeks as Formula E returns to Tempelhof Airfield in Berlin for its sixth race season to round off this interrupted campaign. Anyway, here's Simona de Silvestro now. Welcome to the podcast, Simona, and thank you for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, um, you've, you've been... Um, on the Extreme E drivers list now um, uh, for a couple of weeks officially, although uh, I, I guess you signed a while before that. Um, what was it that attracted you to Extreme E and um, um, what kind of a challenge do you think it will pose to you being mostly a track driver in your career, not an off-road driver? Yeah, I think it uh, it kind of came about when, when it pretty much all started a little bit, I would say maybe like... Uh, uh, yeah, a year and a half ago, or two years ago, when uh, when Alejandro and and Ali were like starting to play around with with this idea and stuff like that, and I was really kind of yeah interested in it because I thought uh, you know what uh, what Alejandro had uh, done with uh, Formula E was uh, was pretty impressive so far, and uh, and him kind of going into this uh, new venture was uh, you know thinking about it that it's going to be something kind of uh, pretty cool I think, and uh, when I heard about the project, I thought. Um, It'd be first. I thought it'd be really fun to do, to be honest, uh, because uh, yeah, like you said, I'm, uh, I've always been uh, on track uh, on asphalt and never had the chance to do anything uh, different. And that was really kind of first time something uh, like this kind of presented itself. So for me, it was kind of okay. Yeah, why not? I would love to try it. Uh, I'd love to to have a go at it, and um, and uh, especially with all the all the different, you know. Uh, places they're going and stuff like that it just uh, seems like a really cool concept and uh, why not being part of it like uh, like right away if I can 
Yeah, and uh, the other thing that strikes me looking back at your career, I mean, you've uh, you've not been afraid to go to um, any formula or any form of motorsport where, you know, maybe people have required specialist skills to to, to be really quick. I mean, um, IndyCar, supercars, you know, the, these are not easy uh, forms of motorsport to get into, and yet you've shown no fear in going there. Uh, w- would you say having no fear is part of, is a key part of your sort of makeup? Uh, yeah, maybe, but also, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, trying a lot of different things and, you know, for sure, you know, that my IndyCar path, my supercar path, it's all part of my history a little bit. Yeah. And I, I wasn't, yeah, like you said, I wasn't afraid to try it out. It's definitely, everything was a little bit different. Maybe it wasn't the, the path I thought in the beginning it would be, but, uh, you know, it led me here uh, where I am today. So, uh, yeah, you know, when I, I always thought about when I get a chance to do something, uh, to really focus 100% behind it and um, learn as much as you can. And for sure, you know, I think, uh, like you said, the jump from like an indie car to a supercar is really different. And uh, yeah, you know, I think a lot of people sometimes don't don't want to risk it. But, uh, you know, when I look back, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to say, you know, I've driven in, in these different series and uh, lived in these different countries. So I, I've been pretty lucky for sure. It's definitely a more exciting career than someone who lives in the same place and competes in the same formula for their entire career, you've got to say. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you look at it this way, for sure, you know, I think, uh, yeah, it's been really exciting. You know, I'm, I'm 31 years old and, you know, I've lived pretty much almost all over the world, competed in, in different race cars, uh, learned uh, new people and, and things like that. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I've grown a lot. Uh, and quickly over over the years but uh, but yeah so far it's been a, a pretty cool journey to be honest um we'll get on to talking about extreme in particular in just a moment but uh, I'm, I'm really interested to know uh, what what it's like to be someone who travels constantly i mean I, I know all racing drivers do but you know you specifically i mean you've lived in australia and not not many people i interview have done that um do, do you get a certain kind of different outlook on life and on uh, racing and on you know professionalism when when you've lived in so many different countries yeah for sure you know like uh Every country is, a, you know, everyone is different. Their mentality is different and things like that. And, you know, for sure the racing is different. If I compare the racing in Europe to, you know, the one in America or in Australia, it is different because, um, you know, you would say in Australia, everything is a little bit more chilled and, <laughs> and relaxed uh, and, um, and in America as well. But, you know, it's, uh, I think it's, it's cool to, to be involved in that and actually to, to see those assets and, also, you know, I think adapting yourself, you know, I think as a driver, sometimes, you know, you, you think your way is the way, but uh, if you end up doing a lot of different series, because that's where your journey is taking you, you have to adapt yourself quite a lot. And, um, and also, yeah, not be afraid and, and, uh, and also learn, um, you know, the, the different aspects of it. And, uh, and I think uh, it took me a little bit for me to, to get to that, to understand that, but, uh, but, you know, now I understand that. And I, I think that helps me a lot as well when I get into a new team, uh, wherever it is, to just uh, get to, to know the people and how to work with them. Yeah. And um, obviously, Extreme is a long way away. Uh, it's uh, starting in 2021. But uh, d- does does your preparation for potentially driving in the series start now? And if, if so, how are you preparing mentally, at least now? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. You know, at the, at the moment with the, with this announcement, you know, it's a, it's something that had been signed 
you know, even before I signed the, uh, with Porsche and, um, and yeah, right at the moment, you know, it's, it's really kind of see where, where it's going. You know, I know a lot of teams are still getting, uh, getting together and understand uh, how you'll end up and things like that. But for sure, you know, I think hopefully maybe this year, uh, we can go and, and have a test with it, with the car, you know, with the Odyssey 21, because it's, uh, I think it'd be fun. It'd be cool to just get an idea of uh, what, what, uh, what the expectations are and, uh, and, uh, and get to, to, to drive the car, because I think the car looks, looks quite fun to drive. It looks uh, pretty powerful. So hopefully, you know, we get to have a go and uh, test it out once. Yeah, it, it's certainly not impossible for a, uh, um, a career track driver to be quick straight away in a rally raid car. I mean, Fernando Alonso did it in the Dakar rally at the start, at the, start of the year, so uh, it, it's very possible. But uh, um, how, how long do you think it will take you um, as um, as an asphalt driver, as you said, to get quick in this? Um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think... I think it'll, I think I'll be okay. You know, I think the big thing will be to kind of understand how the race format and things is. You know, you uh, also sharing the car. You know, if you need to navigate or not. Like I, I don't really know about that. But like, um, the the cool thing is that definitely we're gonna be racing. You know, we could be racing on ice. We could be racing on sand. So uh, I think it'll take a little bit to adapt. Uh, but um, but you know, at the end of the day, it has four wheels and and a steering wheel. So uh, I think you have to go into it with an open mind and not think about anything you've learned over the last, you know, 20, like 20 years of go-karting, driving cars and things like that. Just kind of go with an open mind and uh, and see see how it goes. And usually that works because you're pretty relaxed about it and then not overthinking it. Yeah, I, I was speaking to Michaela Orlin-Kotolinski uh, the other week uh, about uh, Extreme E and how uh, she felt that uh, it, it might not be such a bad transition for her because uh, she she raced on ice or sorry she drove on ice in Sweden when she was a kid. Um, did did you have any any kind of mixed surface experience when when you were really young, perhaps? Uh, no, not at all. So it will be really really new for me, which uh, which is should be fun. Okay. Well, um, so uh, if, if you look at the other drivers who are currently signed up to the uh, prospective drivers list, I mean, obviously. Uh, teams don't have to pick from that list, but th- th- that's a list of drivers who would say yes if they were given the opportunity. Um, which which of those uh, are you particularly pleased to see have signed up, except for yourself, obviously? Yeah, I think the whole roster is is, is quite cool, you know. And also having this uh, this uh, team thing between a female driver and a male driver, I think it's never happened before in motorsports. So I think uh, it's something new and different and I think you know for myself it's it's great to be part of it but for sure you know having the likes of uh, Sebastian Auger and, and and stuff like that you know I would have never thought maybe to be able to race against him one day you know and and here we are in that same roster so it, it's kind of cool to see and uh, uh and yeah getting to learn new people because most of the time in racing you know you you always race a little bit against the same people. You know, you grow up and you're karting against the same same people and then you go into cars and it's always a little bit the same people. But now kind of changing a complete discipline. It's, uh, yeah, you get new faces and uh, new skills and, uh, and yeah, get to know new people. Yeah, and, and of course, the, the system of racing is going to be different. You're not going to be uh, necessarily... On, on a grid and competing, you know, um, with with the car in front of you, it's 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 going to be on a time trial basis, I gather, or, or is it is it going to be on a um, on a sort of a you know you're all in the same place racing basis? This, 
Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think they are still kind of working it out exactly how it's going to be. Um, but yeah, the the first thing I think that is quite different for, for a team is sharing the car. You know, I, except in endurance, you never get to do that. So that's also something kind of kind of fun. I don't have that much experience with it. So um, so that, that'd be good. And yeah, I think it, it'd be mostly, I think, time time trial. So we'll, yeah, it'll be the, the quickest combo. We'll, uh, we'll win the race. And uh, I've heard maybe there's a, Maybe they put a few cars together, but uh, I think they're still uh, uh, trying to figure all that out, how to, to make it the, the best best possible. You might actually have more experience of swapping cars than most people because you've been in, <laughs> because you've been in Bathurst twice. Um, I, I mean, do you think that will be any advantage for you at all? Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, actually, yeah, maybe because the supercar is, is definitely a difficult car to get in and out of. So, uh, so yeah, practice that a lot and, and you know... Um, as well, you know, in Formula E, I, when I raced, I uh, used to switch cars as well. So there, there has been a few practices in, in that thing and, and in those things. So uh, maybe we have a, a little bit of an advantage right in the beginning. But uh, but yeah, the car seems a little bit higher. So it'd be, I think, different techniques to be as quick as possible. Um, we were talking about Formula E the other week, in particular um, the, the Gen 1 era when obviously people had to swap cars in the middle of the race. Um Different teams had different strategies early on with that, and I, I know that you were there in season two, so you so you were one of the earlier drivers uh, when you were with Andretti. Um, did the team experiment experiment with any weird strategies for car changes or for how you would change the car? Like, uh, did you ever have to throw a steering wheel at a mechanic? That kind of thing. <laughs> no, I think well, in season two, it wasn't as um, as pushed as in as in season three because in season two there was still the time limit. Uh, that was in place for for the driver swap, so it wasn't really that much of a it was a stress, but not that much of a stress. So we, I didn't there wasn't any different technique. The, the only thing that in season two was really you know if you would keep the wheel uh, in already there or put it in later. So that was the only thing. But I know that uh, later on uh, season three and they really started uh, because the time limit was gone. So there was all kinds of different techniques to be as quick as possible which i think looked quite impressive to be honest yeah absolutely um but so um i guess the thing that stuck out for me in the extreme announcement was that uh, all of these drivers are going to be and they're still working out i believe the amount of time when they will be on the boat but they're going to be on a boat together for some considerable time because uh, the the idea is to um, use planes a minimum amount of time during the season to cut down on fossil fuel usage so um, you're, you're on this boat and it's presumably quite claustrophobic. Um, th- th- this is, I mean, I, I know racing drivers are used to staying in, staying in small flats and Airbnbs and so on around the world, but how much of a change is it going to be for you to have to, you know, share accommodation effectively with a bunch of other drivers? Yeah, it's, it's definitely different because, you know, it's, uh, I think already now sometimes when you're races and, and you're not in a hotel where pretty much the whole paddock is, you're kind of happy about it, you know, because you you see everyone all the time. So on that boat, I think it's going to be, uh, I think it's going to be different. Um, uh, hopefully, you know, it will feel a bit like in Formula E. Like it feels like everyone, you know, it's, it's a big family, you know, because we kind of, everyone is in the same journey together. It's still new and all that. So, um, yeah, I think it'll be interesting. And definitely, I think, but being on a boat, um, I haven't really spent that much time on a boat. So um, I, I think, um, yeah, I think it'll just be part of the, the fun of it, you know, as well. Just uh, uh, that everything is way different uh, than how we know. And I think uh, 
I think it, it could be quite exciting and uh, yeah. We'll see. Well, I think we'll see after the first few races how we all feel about it, I guess. Yeah. Um, have you ever been seasick before? Uh, I've never been seasick and the boat seems pretty big. So I think I think we should be OK. But uh, but yeah, you never know. Maybe maybe that will get caught on camera if it happens. <laughs> so who knows? <laughs> Well, so you're going to some incredible places, uh, if, obviously, if you're a picture, picture driver. Are, are there any kind of dream travel locations that you've never been to? I, I know you keep pins in your map um, um, in, in your front room in terms of where you've been to, because uh, you said so in a previous interview. Um, are there any dream places to go to from there? Well, I, I think the big thing that that is way different with Extreme is like that you are going to go, like you said, to locations that you would have never thought of going and driving a car there, you know. So, um, you know, going to Senegal, like you said, going to Greenland, like maybe I would have gone, you know, just to check it out. But to be able to go there and do what I love to do is racing. I think it'll be it'll be really fun. And yeah, I think um, yeah, there's a few places, but pretty much I think the first few rounds uh, of the first year are quite exciting already. Uh, and I would have to look at my map and, you know, really think about, you know, what, what other cool location could be could be a potential to go. But uh, but yeah, it's, it's quite exciting because, you know, you know, most of the racetracks around the world and uh, and I'm sure, you know, you where you are, you won't be like in the hotel or stuff like that. So it's everything is going to be so different. And uh, and that's uh, that's really exciting. Things have moved forward a lot, even in the last few years. Uh, do you get a sense around you that, uh, you know, the, the climate in motorsports for drivers of any gender is just different and better these days? Yeah, I think I think there's just a bit more opportunities. You know, I think that's uh, that's what I've been fighting for pretty much all my career. And, um, you know, the thing is, like, I don't want it to be pushed just, you know, because she's a woman or stuff like that. I think that's silly. But... You know, I think if uh, if a girl shows that she she can be quick, I think she should get the opportunity, and uh, that's yeah what I've fought pretty much all my career. And you know, even until now, you know, it took me so many years to actually get a proper opportunity. Now with with Porsche and being in the in the Porsche family, so um, I think things are changing. I think things are are you know starting to you know people kind of trusting it and and give it a chance. And uh, you know, that's what I'm all about. And uh, you know, hopefully, I get to do that with with Porsche when uh, when we start racing, and and to show you know that uh, it is possible if you get the people uh, around you to really believe in you and uh, and work together for uh, for achieving the goals. So I think that's uh, that's what's exciting about it, and uh, and I think we're, there's still a, a, a long road ahead of us, but um, yeah, I, I think uh, there's uh, some positives uh, going on, and uh, which which is really good to see. Let's talk about Porsche because uh, I, I bet this has been a really uh, surreal year for journalists as well as drivers. I, I don't think um, I don't think any of us would have predicted that you would have got a race seat, but it would have been in sim racing. Um, <laughs> so uh, I I, I, th- I think we we all thought we'd see you on track in Formula E proper before we saw you in sim racing. But uh, um, t- tell us first of all how the opportunity with Porsche came up because obviously you were in supercars when you heard about it. Uh, yes, uh, I, I was racing in supercars uh, the last three years, and um, uh, but I always had uh, a foot uh, in Formula E because I've always been interested in the championship since I raced there, and uh, um, you know I've uh, also great partners in, in Julius Baer and ABB and all that to 
you know, who are Swiss companies who are in the in the championship. So for me, it was the, always a championship that I wanted to be part of. Uh, and um, and uh, especially with all, you know, the, the electric mobility and all that and everything what kind of Formula E stands for, I think it's really exciting for, for a driver to to be uh, to be part of it because this is kind of this new era of motorsport and and as a driver to to be part of it i think it's really exciting and i'm sure in in 30 40 years you know we'll look back and see what everything we went through here that uh, you know it really changed the 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 world of uh, of cars and uh, so for me it was it's always really being and 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 last year as well i was uh, involved with the venturi team and all that and uh, I think pretty much uh, in Hong Kong, uh, uh, it was known that Porsche was uh, was coming into the championship, and um, and uh, and you know Porsche is such a incredible iconic brand. Uh, you know, I think every driver <laughs> dreams to 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 drive for them. And uh, yeah, I got to talk uh, talk with them uh, when I was in Hong Kong, and uh, and and for me, Formula E is really yeah something that uh, that I've always wanted to do, and uh, that's how it kind of came all about that uh, you know they they kind of saw my results over the past few years what I've done in IndyCar and and things like that and um and yeah they they gave me the chance to to come come as a works driver so it's it's quite special and you know it's a it's really a dream come true to to get the opportunity with the, with them what does a test and development driver role actually entail? Because obviously you're not out there like maybe um, a test driver in old times, you know, uh, driving it every other weekend. So um, how does a test driver uh, practically contribute to the feedback that the race drivers get? Yeah, so pretty much we, we spend a lot of time in the simulator, uh, just working on that and, and kind of getting everything ready uh, for the races. But, uh, you know, as well with Porsche, they have a uh, as they are, they are a manufacturer, they they have like extra test days. So we we're kind of part of this whole development uh, uh, for the new new powertrain and things like that. So that's kind of my involvement. And and as well, you know, for me it was uh, coming back to Europe and all that, and uh, kind of just being involved straight away with the team is is really exciting because you know it's the first year for them as well, and uh, to be right there from the get go is uh, is is really good uh, for me to to just understand how everyone works uh, and um, and yeah being at the races as well if anything happens to Andre or, or Neil you know to be ready to to jump in the car if it happens. Yeah, and um, obviously simulator work is uh, a key part of every um, of every race team these days um, in in every formula. But uh, how accurate actually is Porsche's uh, factory simulator? And um, how um, obviously you can't go into details because every simulator is different, but. Uh, um, how how much do you get the feel of actually the kind of load and g-forces that you would get in a regular car when you're driving that simulator yeah it's it's, it's pretty good it's uh you know definitely it's, a simulator is never like a race car but uh, you know it's a uh, it's a, a really good simulator it's definitely better than the one i have at home right now because i've been <laughs> struggling quite a lot in the in the e-racing stuff that we did online but uh um, yeah, it's uh, you know it, it feels like a race car. You know everything everything you have in the Formula E car is in there. Uh, you know from a steering wheel point of view and all that. So for preparation, it's it's really good because especially at, in Formula E, there's so many things going on. You know you have so many different things you have to do. Uh, you know saving the energy, how you save the energy and all that. You know it's driver specific a little bit you you put the inputs in so um so there's a lot to learn and, and the simulator is really really good for that 
Yeah, and um, I would assume that there is uh, an expectation that the simulator driver is on it right from the start in a session because, you know, you've, you've got engineers watching you as you're actually driving, haven't you, and uh, and, and taking down your telemetry. So uh, um, how, how much does driving in a simulator session, do you feel, differ from driving on a race weekend? I mean, obviously, um, th- there is a certain pace you've got to maintain in order for the engineers to get that kind of feedback they need, I would assume. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, uh, I actually gets pretty competitive. Uh, most of the time we, you know, all the three of us are there or something like that. So it's quite fun because we all push each other, um, you know, when, when it's our turn in the simulator. But yeah, the big thing I think what's different is, you know, uh, that you, you spend a bit of time in there, you know, but you can work as a driver, you can work a lot on your things, you know, to get really comfortable with all the things you have to do. But for the engineers, uh, especially on energy management and things like that. They get so much data out of it, uh, you know, that especially in Formula E, it's so difficult to do during a race weekend because you just have the one day. So you have to come as prepared as you can, and uh, and that's uh, that's how you do it. And uh, I, I would assume that uh, Andre and Neil, the race drivers, um, ask you a lot of questions in the debrief sessions and in the feedback sessions as well to, to get your feedback on the simulator and on the car. Yeah, the good thing is really at Porsche, we all work really well together. And, you know, the the simulator is also developing at the same time as well, you know, because you want to try to get it as close to the car as possible. So uh, especially, you know, this season, because it was the first time the team was at the racetracks, uh, there was always a lot of work after the the races as well, you know, just to get everything more in sync. So, yeah, we we work really well together, all of us. And... uh, and uh, which makes it quite fun, you know, because uh, they're the intense uh, days. You have an intense team around you. So so it's good that we have a really good harmony. Yeah, definitely. Um, in, in terms of working with a factory team compared to, you know, work, working with Andretti or Venturi, I, I would imagine the big difference is the sheer number of people working around you, the, the staff numbers. And uh, is there any other difference that you notice in terms of the working approach of the team that you're with right now? Yeah, well, the, you know, in Formula E, you don't really feel the, that much of a difference because it's limited people uh, at the racetrack. But but definitely, you know, when you when you know I I go to the simulator, uh, you know, to in Vaisak, you you get there and you know <laughs> it's a big facility and uh, you know I don't know I always feel like a little kid because it's so exciting to see so many Porsches drive around and things like that. So it's uh, you, it makes you feel really proud and 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 that. But you know it's a uh, it's a big team. They have a lot of success. And uh, I think the big difference is, you know, there's just a lot of trust in everyone. Um, you know, even me, you know, I'm kind of the new kid uh, around there. And, and you know, they really do everything to make you as comfortable as possible, you know. And also, you know, something, you know, is a little bit different. They really try to help you. And I think that's, that's something really cool. You know, it really feels like a big family and... Uh, uh, to be honest, I would have never thought of it like this because you always think factory teams, you know, big teams, you know, just a lot of um, really, you know, like stiff things and not uh, so much, but really at Porsche, you don't feel that, you know, it's uh, really everyone is, is working for the, the same goal and between the drivers as well, you know, you there's, there's competition, but it's good competition, you know, and, and we all there to be, uh, to bring the team forward. And, uh, and that's, I think, something way different uh, than I would say I've experienced in the past in in, in, in different uh, different racing series. 
Um, and when you mentioned going into Weissach, you see all those uh, different historic Porsches. Um, are there any that catch your eye where you think, gosh, I, I, I wish that that were my road car or I, I wish that I could have raced that in, in its era, that kind of thing? Yeah, it's quite cool. You know, I uh, I did a, a photo shooting actually at the museum. And uh, and yeah, when you you see the cars, it, it's quite cool. And to think about, they used to race those like at Le Mans and, and stuff like that. It's... Uh, it's pretty scary to be honest you know and uh and and you hear the stories of uh, when they were testing and stuff like it just it's so different but it it's cool because it, i think as a driver it just makes you really proud to be part of this and um and uh and yeah it's really it's just really special well that that's great and uh, I'm, I'm glad i'm glad that you're enjoying the opportunity you've got there as well um but obviously, it's been a major disappointment for everyone who signed a contract for 2020. The uh, the fact that you've not been able to race that much this season. Um, um, how how much of a racing driver's uh, fitness routine is strength training, and how how much do you need to lift weights, and how um, how much more important is is like you say the hiking and mountain biking, the cardio stuff? Yeah, I think as a driver, you need to be you know a bit good in everything. Um, for sure you know when you're driving gts or you know when i was driving supercars you know with the power steering you don't need that much strength but you know when i was racing indy cars uh the formula e car as well is quite heavy on the steering so i think at each car you have to drive you have to maybe do a little bit more you know to to adapt to that uh but in general i think as a driver you just have to be pretty fit in everything you know and uh, not too strong but you know just a good good uh, combo of everything to to, to be ready and uh, i think that's what's that's what's important but yeah you know uh, when i did any car there was definitely a little bit more weight training involved uh, than uh, than it is when i was doing supercars and um, th- there's less of a break between races with IndyCar as well. Um, I I know it's not quite as bad as NASCAR, where they race literally every week. But uh, um, when uh, Dario Franchitti was in NASCAR, um, he he said that uh, he barely had time to go for a run because he was just always travelling between races. Um, now IndyCar, there's a bit more of a break. But uh, did did you find still that there was less time than you get in Europe, perhaps, to uh, you know stop stop and train? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think, you know, in the cars, we pretty much back then we had races almost, I would say, like every two weeks, a little bit, you know, like, a little bit like F1, uh, F1 schedule. And um, yeah, I think once the season then started, it was, you know, you just maintained and you were in there and kind of maintaining what you had. And most of the, the big workouts would happen in the off season. And um, here in Europe so far, I don't know. It's a bit hard for me because I'm just kind of new to it as well. So, uh, yeah, it seems we have a little bit more breaks. But uh, but to be honest, the workload is quite big because you, you spend a lot of time in the simulator. Um, you do a lot more appearances as well and things like that. So it it is quite busy uh, in that sense. So, uh, so, yeah, where I think in IndyCar, we didn't have that much the in-between. You know, you, you kind of could go home and, yeah, have a few days and then go back racing. But... Uh, uh, especially when you're in an international series like involved with Formula E and exactly when you have to travel all around the world, I think that uh, takes quite a lot of time out uh, out of your, you know, of your calendar. How much does it frustrate you that uh, the majority of the public that you speak to, when you say I'm a racing driver, don't understand that kind of just going to a race is the tip of the iceberg and that there's 99% that they don't see that, that you're doing? 
Yeah, no, for sure. I think uh, I always say that, you know, driving is maybe 20% of my job and 80 is all the rest that comes around it. So, um, it's, uh, you know, it's part of it. It's part of the job. And, uh, uh, yeah, a lot of people think, you know, we, we just, uh, you know, sit in the race car and that's it. But there's so much preparation going on. You know, you, you work quite to prepare for a race. There's a lot of work going on. You spend a lot of time with the engineers preparing for it. And, yeah, physically you have to be prepared. Then there's all the sponsors and things that come around as well. It's uh, it's all part of, part of the game. And a lot of people don't don't see that sometimes. But, you know, we're really lucky to be doing what we love. And, and uh, it, it's part of it. So, you know, I... I, I enjoy pretty much all assets of it and uh, and it's fun. But for sure now it was also good, you know, to, to maybe have a month or, or so just for yourself and uh, yeah, just focus on yourself. Yeah. Um, you've obviously had some fairly major career highlights, but also some things in your career that you've you've had to learn from i um i i know that uh, the um the crash at indy 500 has already been been raked over many times in many interviews but uh, um w- when you had to drive the entire uh, i think it was 2010 season or 11 uh, with with the lotus engine in indycar and you were the only driver doing so um what what can a driver take from that uh, uh, and from that experience of being in a car that's so much slower than the opposition uh, yeah, it was a frustrating year for sure. Um, you know, I, I think I always went at it in the sense, you know, yeah, it was frustrating because we had an engine that wasn't performing at all. It was really, really slow and uh, it was a really long season, but, you know, I was driving. So, and that was at, at that time, the only opportunity I had you know, that. So I had to make it work. And, uh, and that's how you go go at it a little bit. You know, you're just like, okay, you know, I have the chance to be in any car. Um, sometimes the road is not, you know, straightforward and uh, and you just have to fight through it and push through it. And, uh, you know, that year we focused a lot on just on the on the chassis and, and learned a lot from that. And then the next year we had a good engine and, you know, we had a podium. So, um, you know, it, it was all kind of, I think, part of the journey, but for sure it's frustrating. It's uh, it, it can be a bit depressing as well because you know you you know you could do it but you know when you don't have the right gear or you know the right team around you it's uh, it's difficult in motorsports so um yeah i think my career has taken a, a lot of turns uh so far but uh, you know we're still here and i think that's what counts you know like uh, never stop pushing yourself and uh, and try try to to get the opportunities yeah and presumably that podium would count as one of your career highlights. Are, are there any other highlights that you uh, that you look back to sometimes? Uh, yeah, you know, there's a few. I think, yeah, that podium was definitely, you know, finally. Uh, we were so many times we were close and we were competitive, but things never really happened. So it was, it was really good to have and uh, and that. But, you know, I also races like, I think, in Inca, we in Sao Paulo. And uh, I got involved in a crash and then the... the the race was red flag, but the next day we were racing, but uh, I was a lap down where I pretty much unlapped myself, which uh, was, uh, it was raining and it were, that, that, that was really cool as well. And if I think back at my Formula Atlantic uh, racing season in, in 2009 as well, you know, that was a, a really hard championship. I was pretty much leading uh, the whole time until, until the last race. And uh, that was, uh, I think that was, from a racing career, that was really the year where I think I grew up the most and learned the most. I had a, a really good team around me and 
just learned how to work with my engineer, how to believe in myself, to also push myself in, in things that I wasn't good. So those were really defining moments, I think, uh, in my career to to really learn about myself. So so those are things I really like to look back and uh, they're, they're really good, good memories. And when you're leading a championship, um, is, is there a different mentality to when you're chasing uh, in, in terms of, you know, do, do you start to think about consistency and maintaining that lead? Or is it just always about going out there and being as quick as you possibly can? Yeah, for, for sure. You think about a few things a little bit more. But at, at that year, you know, we really just went every race. We just took each race at the time. We really focused on that one and uh, really just pushed to to get a good result. And um but you, you have more pressure, yeah, because, you know, you're in the fight for it. So you definitely feel that then when you're not, you know, really you behind and you, you're trying to chase it. It's, it's a different different type of, of pressure. And uh, uh, but then I feel like because you have a bit of a momentum, you you start looking at much more small details that you wouldn't do before, because before you always, you know, in this gear where you okay, I have to chase the other guy and uh that's what it is and all of a sudden you have a bit of momentum and the little things where you can make a difference and 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 that's quite cool to see when those little things start to click uh because it's it's fine little things that uh, that makes you even better and uh, you know almost you know i think i had one race in in uh, three rivers where we were so quick that uh, you know we were just in a flow and and it was awesome and that was just from the all the work from the the little things that started clicking um, so I, I believe you were eighteen, nineteen when you were in Formula Atlantic. Is that right? Yes. So um, how how much do you feel that that was an important experience and a formative experience, being being away from Europe, being being in North America um, as a teenager and having to do everything on your own effectively? Well, you know, I think a lot of people say, "Oh, it's kind of crazy to leave," you know home when you're seventeen to go racing or you know to go to yeah to America to completely different different country and all that but for me it, it was in that sense the only opportunity I could keep going racing uh if I didn't take that jump then I would have to stop racing and do something completely different so for I was really lucky that my parents as well you know were supportive and said you know let, let's try it and, and see what happens uh and that was that was really important so I just went there and uh you know, knew that was my only chance to be in a race car and uh, just kind of took it with both hands and uh, really enjoyed it. And then, yeah, ended up pretty much staying eight years in America. So, so yeah, you never know where it goes, but uh, sometimes you just, you know, if you love what you're doing, you just have to, to go for it. You, you've got that really impressive collection of all of your career helmets. Um, is it important to you to be able to look back on uh, those kind of memories from your earlier career and say, yeah, I did that? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think in your racing career, you never, you're in the thing and you're thinking about, it, okay, whatever, I'm racing here and stuff like that. But then when you, when I walk down there and I'm in the sim and I look at the I look at the indie car, I'm like, oh my God, like I've done this. You know, I've done five in the 500s. I've, you know, five starting rings and things like that. And I think it's once you get older, you actually realize, oh, my God, I've, I've done this. Because normally you're such in, in such blur because you're just in the moment. Uh, but to look back, I think it's uh, it's quite, quite special, you know, to to know that uh, that I've done this. And and 
and to be lucky enough to have gotten the opportunity to be racing, you know, at the Indy 500, to be racing at Bathurst and and things like that. So it's yeah, it's quite special. And uh, uh, and I think when you grow up, it makes you also realize a little bit more. Okay, you know, these are uh, cool things, and you actually take them more in. Where I think when you're a bit younger, you take them a little bit for granted. So uh, it's kind of good. Uh, good things to remind you okay you know you've done so many things and keep uh, keep being in the moment and uh, yeah keep uh, keep trying to achieve as much as you can I think one thing I really admire about you as a driver is that you're always willing to take the challenge against, you know, really experienced drivers in in, in a formula that you maybe haven't been to before. And that certainly applies, I think, to uh, your experience in R-Factor 2 with the Race at Home Challenge. Uh, now, obviously, you've been placed in the challenge races. So you've been up against uh, some professional sim racers, uh, some, some wild cards, some guest drivers. Um, how much have you learned from having to go in cold to sim racing and race against people who do it every day? Yeah, it was uh, definitely getting thrown into into the deep end in the challenge race because, uh, yeah, like you said, like most of the field are like people who do that like all the time. And uh, and um, I, I enjoyed it a lot. You know, it was really fun because actually I never realized how much of a community this whole thing is. So you know, you, you are on this Discord and everyone is on there and everyone is talking to each other. It's quite nice. And um, and actually, the, I thought the funniest thing was like, because I have a pretty cool rig uh, that I got from, from Racing Fuel Academy. But And there was this one kid who was racing with this Logitech G29 wheel and he's like way cooler than me. And I, I couldn't believe it because I'm like, okay, I'm sitting in this pretty doped out thing and he's like really quick on, on this, you know, really easy steering wheel so I was uh, was quite impressive and I think the thing is it, it was fun I think I really enjoy the racing you know it's it's fun because you you know you you feel the pressure when you're on the grid and uh there's lots going on for sure sometimes the crashes are a bit unrealistic and uh, <laughs> get a little bit frustrating but uh, but yeah you you spend I think the big thing that you realize is actually you know the amount of time you need to put in to actually be okay in it uh, and I think that's something in the future in racing as well, you know, that sometimes, you know, maybe just spending a little bit more time in in doing something to, to become a bit better. But uh, yeah, it, it's been fun, but uh, but definitely uh, I think it, it was hard and, and a bit depressing sometimes to see these sim races just, you know, just being a second quicker and you have no clue why. And, uh, and you're just uh, trying to figure it out and, and spend hours and hours uh, downstairs to 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 try to to get better and, and how much time per day were you were you putting in to try and get on the pace then yeah it was actually quite a lot of the time uh, to be honest i think for, for each race i at least maybe put like you know between like 12 to 15 hours a week so it was quite a lot uh you know from the porsche side we, we were pretty lucky to have a uh talking with andre and neil as well trying to stand a little bit but uh, yeah, it's a lot of time, you know, and um, and uh, it's uh, yeah, it was, it's it took me yeah, it took me quite a lot of time to actually kind of get used to it and and understand it a little bit. So it's a it's a bit time consuming, but but it's fun. We then went on to talk in more detail about why Simona is so excited about Extreme E. 
And you've talked about the environmental mission as well. You've talked about how much you like Formula E because of the zero emission side of things. Obviously, Extreme E the same, but uh, also there is a campaigning mission there. You're going to uh, endangered parts of the planet and showing people the damage that humans have done. How important is that to you? Yeah, it's important. You know, I think uh, for, for me as well, you know, it's it's something that, to be honest, you know, I really, you know, got more aware uh, of the, really the last few years as well. You know, before that, I was just, you know, racing and, you know, loved it. And then when, you know, I started getting involved with Formula E, you realize how much, you know, impact. And as a driver, I think it's quite, it's really exciting to be part of this as well. You know, in 30 years ago, Formula One was pushing uh, the boundaries of uh, of cars, you know, of technology and things like that. And now Formula E and Extreme E is doing that uh, in the EV sector. And we, I'm like in the middle of it, you know, and, and, and it's cool to see how quickly it's evolving. And, and, you know, also, yeah, traveling to those parts of the world, you know, being aware of that, bringing the awareness to people is a, is a good thing uh, because it's the same thing that happened to me. You know, I got more aware when I got involved uh, with Formula E so um, you know I realized it the same way you need to make people aware of it you know and and talk about it and and that's what's uh, that's what's important and uh, uh, and it's important to me. Um, how, how much do you consider yourself to be uh, an, an environmentally friendly person in your everyday life? Are you are, are you the kind of person who, you know, recycles all the packaging? Are you the kind of kind of person who, um, you know, will will not take unnecessary trips? Or is it difficult for a professional racing driver to actually have that mindset? Uh, you know, I think, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to, you know, if I say I'm completely green, I'm totally lying because, you know, my, my job and and all that, you know, with having to go to race and having to travel a lot, doesn't, you know, I, I can't say that. So, uh, but, you know, I definitely try, you know, at home to, to, you know, to, you know, separate the things and stuff like that. And, you know, also, you know, in the, in the way I eat and things like that, not to waste and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying as well. I'm not, uh, uh, I'm not there yet where I should be, but, uh, you know, I think that's, that's what's important, trying to, to be as a, uh, the best you can and uh, uh, and not waste too many things and uh, and yeah that's I don't know you know I'm also learning and uh, like everyone out there and uh, yeah just try to be the best possible thank you for listening to the e-talking podcast from Motion E I very much hope that you'll be able to join me and my guests over the next two weeks for plenty of fun around the Tempelhof races from Berlin in Formula E thank you and goodbye